Okay, we're back. And here to start it off about Ron DeSantis and trying to downplay the horrors of black Americans being black Americans being enslaved. Trying to say that it wasn't all that bad, that slaves learned skills. But never mind the fact that when they tried to use those skills, they were kept from having jobs in you know white areas and when they built their own communities, they were destroyed by jealous, racist whites. Let's get into it on Radio Live 4K. Florida schools must now teach students about the, quote, benefit of slavery when teaching black history. The controversial new education standard passed by the State Board of Education earlier this week. Now, this follows Governor DeSantis's so-called Stop Woke Act, which forced the rewriting of education standards there in Florida. A controversial part of these new standards is instruction for middle school students to learn, quote, how slaves develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. The largest teachers union in the state has spoken out against the new standards, calling them, quote, a step backward, adding that students deserve the full truth of American history. For more on this, we are joined by Andrew Atterbury. He is an education policy reporter for Politico based in Florida. Andrew, implying that enslaved people benefited from their bondage has understandably upset many people. How are folks in Florida responding to this? Sure. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here from Tallahassee. Uh, so that they came out on Wednesday at this meeting, and this is really the first time that people got a glimpse of what these standards look like. And it was it was a firestorm for the Florida Department of Education and the Board of Education. People that were there weren't too thrilled, thrilled with these lessons, but uh, the state, they're, they're, they were proud to roll these out. This is something they've been working on for a while. Like you said, they were uh, they come from the Stop Woke Act. That was something that specifically Governor Ron DeSantis requested last year. Uh, the woke part is actually an acronym. It means the wrongs to our kids and employees act. Uh, that was something that was one of his biggest parts of his agenda back last year. Um, and that what the, what the law actually does, uh, it creates new protections for students and even workers is a whole other part of it. Um, that a, a person shouldn't be instructed to feel guilt, anguish, or any form of psychological distress uh, due to their race, color, sex, or national origin. The thing is, DeSantis, you don't have to, you know, White kids should not feel guilty about the sins that they didn't commit. It's about American history. Let them learn American history since black Americans are part of American history. Slavery is a part of American history. It's not too hard to understand, DeSantis. But you'll have, you know, Republicans that don't see a problem with this, that think this is perfectly fine to do this type of stuff, to pull this stunt. And then they want to say all lives matter. This is why I say the Republican Party is just as bad as the Democrats. Okay? Just as evil and just as bad. So because of that new law, uh, they decided that they needed to change all of these uh, the standards too. So they cr actually created a whole new carve out on black history, which is why they were so proud of it. It was something that they thought went even deeper uh, than their previous lessons. But whenever these were rolled out and uh, you saw some of the framing of people, some people really took issue with it. Andrew, I should say that we reached out to the governor's office and they pointed us to a statement that was shared by the Board of Education. It reads in part, quote, Florida students deserve to learn how slaves took advantage of whatever circumstances they were in to benefit themselves and the community of African descendants. 
How does this differ from what has been taught in the state in the past? Well, when you look at the lessons, they really didn't have any specific carve outs for black history. So this is all for a lot of the stuff is new things that they're introducing, which is why the state thinks this is good for them. We're going, hey, we're actually going deeper into some of this stuff. Uh, but when you look at, like you said, the, the way that some of these were worded, like it, like the benefits of it, people said that that was just absolutely not okay. I mean, you saw you saw this getting issue. Like people were raising, like civil rights lawyer Benjamin Crump was talking about this. So this was this was getting a lot more uh, attention than just Florida, which is probably not something that people expected, just from the way that it was rolled out. And and as you uh, and the statement that you mentioned earlier, they're also the state is also taking aim at the. Teachers union saying that a lot of this is their fault and that they're that they're blowing up an issue that the state thinks really isn't a big deal. Um, and this is something that you see a lot in Florida, the DeSantis administration, the Department of Education, they're constantly at odds with the teachers union. This is things that go back to the COVID pandemic, teacher pay. I mean, this is that's pretty typical for Florida, but but there were other there were other organizations as well. There were state lawmakers, there were Democratic lawmakers who raised issues with this. The NAACP was there. I mean, so there and there were several other groups too. So it's not just teachers unions, uh, but that but that's kind of what the state is doing a little bit is needling the union, saying y'all kind of sparked a lot of these concerns. Well, I'm sure that there's also parents who are concerned about this, and I'm wondering where we go from here. The Board of Education, made up entirely of DeSantis appointees, so what recourse do parents have if they disagree? Well, now it's a now this really falls on school districts to carry this out, and then we'll go through picking picking textbooks and things like that. But as far as the state goes, I mean, these are the standards now. These were uh, unanimously passed by the Board of Education. And they it's crazy. This is what he wants. There's also rumors of him wanting his own militia. Actually, it's kind of facts because people have quit that. His little organization that he tried to turn into a militia. Okay. Let's look even more deeper into DeSantis. Oh, it gets worse. It gets worse. All right. Hold on a second. All right. All right, here we go. You should talk to them about it. I mean, I didn't do it, and I wasn't involved in it, um, but I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the... Your spirit... Man, listen, you don't want to take... The, the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later, later in life. Um, but the reality is all of that is rooted in whatever is factual. They listed everything out. And if you have any questions about it, just ask the Department of Education. You can talk about those folks. But, I mean, these were scholars who put that together. It was not. He's defending it. 
Oh, I didn't put it together, but you sure do know a lot about the detail of it, of uh, trying to rewrite history of slavery. Mm -hmm. Right, 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 right. Let's check out this one right here on what Mr. Santos got to say about this one. All right. You guys are gonna love this one. Here. Haney at Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. Yeah, the Santos was present for this. Who was there for 14 years and released in 2016 with never having been charged with anything. So we just held him for 14 years, tortured him, according to him, and then just said, all right, now you're free to go. But this man, man by the name of uh, Mansour Adafi, who is a citizen of Yemen, claims that one of the individuals who oversaw his torture and personally watched him be tortured was none other than Florida governor Ron DeSantis during his time at Guantanamo, where he was serving as a judge advocate general. Now, according to Mr. Adafi, uh, Ron DeSantis arrived at Guantanamo, he believes sometime around 20, uh, 2007, which yes, does correspond with the time that Ron DeSantis was there even though DeSantis doesn't like to talk about it. And I think now we know why, because what happened when Mr. DeSantis arrived there as you know, essentially a lawyer for the military, he told Mr. Adafi, I'm here to help you guys. You're in the middle of a hunger strike. I'm here to help. And yes, at the time there was a hunger strike over the treatment of the detainees at Guantanamo. And here is what Mr. Adafi says in his new book. This is the torture that Ron DeSantis personally witnessed and oversaw. Guards pushed me into the chair. They tightened the chest harness so that I couldn't move, then strapped my wrists and legs to the chair. Every point of my body was tightly restrained. I couldn't move at all. One of the male nurses stood in front of me holding a long, thick rubber tube with a metal tip. Another nurse grabbed my head and held it tightly while the male nurse forces that huge tube into my nose. No numbing spray, no lubricant, raw rubber and metal sliced the inside of my nose and throat. Pain shot through my sinuses and I thought my head would explode. I screamed and I tried to fight, but I couldn't move. My nose bled and bled, but the nurse wouldn't stop. When they were done feeding me, the nurse pulled hard on the tube and ripped it out of my body. It felt like a knife coming through my nose and it bled badly. Blood ran everywhere. I couldn't breathe and my stomach was so full, I thought I would expo explode. He also tells about vomiting, vomiting blood during this whole encounter where he was strapped to the chair and unable to move. Uh, for their part, the US government has maintained that no, forcing these feeding tubes on inmates is, is definitely not torture, but Everybody who's undergone that experience has described it as nothing short of torture. And 
based on what I just read, that sure as hell sounds a lot like torture to me. And Ron DeSantis was right there in the room watching every second of it happen. Now, Mr. Adafi says that he didn't realize at the time, obviously, who Ron DeSantis was. Ron DeSantis was just another military guy sitting there claiming, I'm here to help, and then watching you be tortured. But it, it was recently, of course, a couple years ago, when he saw Ron DeSantis on TV as the governor of Florida, and he said, wait a minute, that's the guy. He shared his picture with a couple of other inmates who were there at the time, also released with no charges, by the way. And they said, yeah, that's him. That's the guy that, that watched us be tortured. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that Ron DeSantis does not like to talk about his time at Gitmo. I think it's very obvious what he was doing down there. We know that these inmates were tortured. And we know that Ron DeSantis was there to uphold the law as a JAG officer. But really what he was doing was trying to whitewash and make legal after the fact, the fact that we were torturing people. Now, is this going to be a campaign issue? So far, it hasn't been for Ron DeSantis running for two terms as Florida governor. Should it be? Hell yeah. yeah. Should be, but, you know, people are going to gloss over it because um, it's Ron DeSantis. People don't really give a damn, you know? If Trump, you know, does something like that, was to be in that same situation, they're like, oh, who cares? So what? That's how people are. And it comes to their favorite persons, like a sports team. They don't care. It's their golden calf. They could do whatever they want. Consequences be damned until it becomes too late that, you know, the truth comes out about who they are. All right. Just like with Trump, slowly but surely more is coming out that he is not a good person. He is not someone to be trusted. I mean, we already see with, you know, warp speed. He could do no wrong. Central Park Five, um, not correcting Mary Miller when she says the over the reversal of Roe v. Wade was the victory for white life and Republicans cheered and he didn't do anything. He didn't check her. After all, Republicans say all lives matter, right? That's what they say. Like I said, Republicans are about equality in principle, but not in practice. And those blacks that are in the organization are just good puppets. To do their bidding, just like with the Democrats. Former Guantanamo Bay prisoner, Ron DeSantis, watch me be tortured. Monsar Adafi says the brutal force feeding methods employed in Guantanamo prisoners like him amounted to torture. He tells Richard Hall that DeSantis watched it happen. Former detainee from Guantanamo Bay prison camp has claimed that Florida governor and 2024 presidential contender Ron DeSantis witnessed being tortured during the time he was noticed he was stationed there. Mansour Adafi, a Yemen citizen who was held for 14 years on the U.S. naval base in Cuba, told Independent an extraordinary interview that he was brutally force-fed by camp staff during a hunger strike on two, in 2006 and that Mr. DeSantis was present for at least one of these sessions. Now, the thing is, like, what if Obama did this? 
Obama did this, and I ain't, I'm not an Obama fan. If Obama did this, be all over this story. The United Nations has characterized the force feeding of hunger strikers at Guantanamo Bay as torture. The U.S. government has denied that the practice amounts to torture, and it has been used against prisoners over successive administrations during hunger strikes. Mr. DeSantis was stationed on the base between March 2006 and January 2007, according to his military records. An investigation by the Independent details the following claims. Two prisoners held at the camp at the time Mr. DeSantis was stationed there, claimed he witnessed the force feeding of hunger strike prisoners. Mr. Adafi claims that Mr. DeSantis had initially told him he was there for the detainee's welfare. Mr. DeSantis was stationed at Guantanamo Bay during a year marked by riots, hunger strikes, and death. Part of his role was to was to feel concerns and complaints from prisoners. Mr. DeSantis emerged from his time at Guantanamo Bay as an advocate for its continued continued use against the release of detainees. Mr. DeSantis has not responded to several requests from the independent for comment on the allegations and for clarity about his role in the notorious prison camp. As an assumed candidate for the 2024 election, Mr. DeSantis is likely to face questions about this time in his career and what impact, if any, witnessing the treatment of Guantanamo detainees had had on his politics. Until now, he has not spoken in detail about this part of his career. In public, he advocated for the continued use of Guantanamo Bay, told the detainees suspected of involvement of terrorism, but he has not spoken in detail about his time spent at the camp. Because he didn't do anything about it. He was supposed to be an advocate for these prisoners, and he did nothing. Okay? And they were terrorists. They were terrorists. It does not matter. There are rules and guidelines to follow when you have prisoners of war. This is America. This is America. You don't want to follow no damn rules. Mansu Haddafi describes it as one of the worst stretches of his 14 scritches of his 14-year imprisonment at Guantanamo Bay. In 2006, he was in the midst of a hunger strike with a number of his fellow detainees in protest over the conditions inside the notorious prison. A new team had been brought to break the strike with a more aggressive form of force feeding. One day, he recounts with emotion in his voice, he was strapped to a chair in the yard by his head, hands, and waist and feet, and the feeding tube was forced into his nose. He was bleeding and vomiting, screaming while an assortment of uniformed military personnel watched from the side. Years later, now released from the camp without charge and trying to rebuild his life in Serbia, Adafi came across a photograph online of someone he says he recognized from that day. Until then, he says he knew the man as a young Navy lawyer stationed at the prison, but now he had a name, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Adafi says that the same man had watched the terrible episode unfold from behind a chain-link fence. He was watching, and I was really screaming and crying. Uh, Mr. Adafi, a Yemeni, told the Independent in a lengthy video interview from his home in Belgrade, I was bleeding and throwing up. We were in the blockyard, so they were close to the fence. Yeah, man. Yeah. He better start explaining this because when he wants to run for the 2024 presidential election, this is going to come up. Matter of fact, any of you hearing my program, make sure this is mentioned in his presidential 2024. Whoever you could get in contact who has a mainstream media presence, make sure this is mentioned in one of the questions. Make sure. And that will pressure him to talk. 
Okay, that will make him respond, and he will have to talk about this this episode. What happened in Guantanamo Bay? What is your involvement with this situation? What did you do when you witnessed this occurring? That is what has to happen. Put his feet to the fire. This is what has to happen now. Because this is ridiculous now. This is extremely ridiculous. All right. It really is. All right. Republicans should feel that way, too, since they're very much on the moral high ground. And once again, all lives matter, right? Watch them follow the follow what Malcolm X said. Republicans like to practice. But they preach in principle, but never in practice. It's not supposed to be something they actually practice. All right, let's get into this story right here. Illegal immigrant kids with tuberculosis infections released into 44 states. Insane. Utterly insane right now. The government is releasing thousands of illegal immigrant children with latent tuberculosis infections into American communities with assurances of treatment. Nearly 2,500 children with latent infections were released into the 44 states over the past year, according to a court-ordered report on how the Health and Human Services Department is treating the children. About 126,000 total were released, indicating an infection rate of 1 in 50 migrant children. The government says it can't treat the children because they are in custody for a short time and treatment requires three to nine months. HHS releases infected children to sponsors and notifies local health authorities in the hope that they can arrange for treatment before the latent infection becomes active. Those hopes are often dashed. Local health officials say the notifications are infrequent and the children and the child has often already arrived when they are told about a case in their jurisdiction. We do not know how often the sponsors follow through on the treatment. The Virginia Department of Health told the Washington Times in a statement, by the time outreach takes place, the child has sometimes moved to another area or state. The Times reached out to HSS for the treat for the report. The children in the department's custody, known in government, speak unaccompanied alien children or UACs, are often particularly tricky population. Under the law, Homeland Security Homeland Security must discharge most children quickly and send them to HHS. The department holds the children in the government contracted shelters while searching for sponsors to take in the children caught at the border without parents. The system is fraught with problems, including crowded shelters and struggles to find capable and consensus sponsors. Thousands of cases, the group, the government quickly loses track of the children. Quickly loses. I'm wondering if this is where they get their human sacrifices from. I'm wondering if this is where they get their trafficking, their supply, their quote unquote harvest time. It's like they like to say in Ukraine, you know, they probably do that same thing here. They probably say harvest time here. 
This is just a recipe. Like I said, this is a recipe for disaster. Okay. The government makes um the make this that makes the government's release of children with latent infections all the more complicated. The treatment requires knowing where the children are and having sponsors willing to follow through on the lengthy course of care. Tuberculosis isn't the only disease that's challenging. The government had to create protocols to handle chlamydia and gonorrhea, according to the court report written by Aurora Miranda Maisi, the monitor ordered by the court to help keep tabs on how the government is treating children in its custody. Gonorrhea and chlamydia, how are these children able to be infected with grown adult sexual diseases? How is this happening? Miss Miranda May has identified tuberculosis as one challenge because the government wants to rush the children out of custody. Authorities usually don't feel they have the time to begin treatment. Minors are not routinely treated for latent tuberculosis infection while in resettlement care because the average length of the stay is typically shorter than the time required to complete treatment. And because there could be negative effects from discounting, discontinuing the treatment before the completion, such as develop, developing drug-resistant tuberculosis, Ms. Miranda Mays wrote. She said the government relies on a reporting system through the Center for Disease Control and Prevention to alert local health authorities. Virginia's experience suggests the follow-through rate for sponsors to obtain the needed treatment is low. Virginia's health department said it focuses on connecting local health officials with sponsors who take in children younger than five at high risk of latent infections, progressive, progressing to active tuberculosis and juveniles who might be infected with HIV. How the hell are they getting HIV? How the hell are these juveniles coming from another country infected with HIV? You could fill in the blanks with that. The CDC, which runs the notification portal, didn't respond to an inquiry from the Times. UACs don't get routine dental care and reproductive care, including pregnancy tests, and are given information about emergency contraceptives. The government will also facilitate abortions, including making all responsible efforts to secure legal abortion for girls in states which were the procedure is restricted. The report details the levels of accommodation for the children, including individualized assessments of their education attainment and daily schooling that is sensitive to cultural differences of the minors in care. Under new rules, each UAC is allowed to at least 50 minutes of phone calls every five days and additional 45 minute calls on birthdays and holidays. Who are they calling? Why aren't their parents with them? The report also reveals that HHS has no secure shelters to place UACs with criminal records or histories of violence, threats, or sexual predatory behavior. Are these really kids? The report doesn't say where those dangerous UACs are placed, given the lack of secure facility. Tuberculosis is another instance where illegal immigrants receive better treatment than those attempted to enter the U.S. legally. What a shock. Those arriving as permanent legal immigrants are required to undergo screening beforehand, as are refugees. Those with active cases can be excluded from entry. Legal immigrants who show up at the border are already in the country. In one glaring example, tens of thousands of illegal immigrants being welcomed and paroled into the U.S. through the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Morocas, policies are not required to test negative for latent tuberculosis infection before arrival. Again, what a shock. Instead, they are told to be screened within 90 days. Homeland Security 
would not disclose the compliance rate nor the consequences for those who failed to comply. In a brief statement to the Times, the department did call the rate high and pronounce itself encouraged, but acknowledged that it must prod immigrants to comply. So you having these kids with tuberculosis, right? That are just walking time bombs to go into other people's houses. And this is insane. This is really insane right now, what they're doing. Insane and just plain, plain crazy what they want to do. Absolutely insane. Hmm. We don't have money to feed the poor, take care of the hungry here. But <clears throat> for some reason, we're allowing, you know, strippers to go to Ukraine. U.S. influencer becomes emotional support stripper in Ukraine. Former beauty pageant competitor Fan Pei Kong complains some volunteers resent her exploiting the conflict. Taiwanese-American influencer Fan Pei Kong traveled from her native Houston to front lines of the Ukrainian conflict to offer her services as an emotional support stripper. This is this woman doesn't have a clue what she's putting herself into. She told the Daily Beast on Friday, the beauty passion contestant turned self-described globe-trotting girlfriend offers racy photos of herself in skimpy variations of military gear posing with armaments on erotic pay-per-view platforms only fans though the she says the content is free to ukrainian soldiers and volunteers that's not the only thing that's free according to her profile on the diy porn site which lists free emotional breast feeding to soldiers and volunteers as one of the, her specialities claiming she initially came to ukraine last year to do ordinary volunteer work lending a hand at women's shelters and orphanages in leave Kyung told the beast she soon tried helping those in need because she had done it before back home. It doesn't it didn't feel like anything unique to what I had back in the States, she complained. I wanted more. I wanted to be with the military. She opted to expand her volunteering horizons as an emotional support person for English-speaking soldiers and was soon romantically involving herself with a slew of Ukrainian men overcoming the language barrier with the help of the Google Translate. <sighs> Wow. 304 overseas. She claimed to be dating four when she was when she was interviewed by the beast in Karkov, a drone operator, a power plant worker, and two information technology workers, though she didn't reveal if any of them knew about the other three. She also dates the foreign soldiers who have volunteered their own services to the Ukrainian cause, she said. People don't talk about the sexual needs of the people of a country at war, she told the outlet. Kong lamented that not all Westerners were supported of her sex tours and revealing that when she joined a group chat for the humanitarian workers, these guys just tore me for, for three days straight, accusing me, accusing her of wanting to make porn off of mass graves. She blames sex. <laughs> she blames sexism. It's never her fault. Never, never. Oh, man. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. 
The scantily clad influencer allegedly continued to do humanitarian work, according to our OnlyFans, defined as cash donations to Ukrainians in need and volunteers I can see with my own eyes who are doing good work, social media, kitchen help, water runs for the frontline villages, English practice for the kids. Her online business is technically illegal under Ukrainian law, which prohibits the sale of distribution of pornographic images or items. But you traffic kids and use their body parts to sell to the elites. Yeah. With penalties including fines or up to three day three years in jail time. However, making content for OnlyFans in particular has become a popular line of work among Ukrainians whose lives have been upended by the conflict, according to the Daily Beast. Well, yeah, especially those Ukrainian female refugees. Okay. They look, I've heard there's some stories you can look up online about what they're doing. Some stories, man. It's insane. It's literally insane what they're doing. All right. Speaking of what I was talking about, immigrants, let's get into this story right here. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what it is. What's the attraction with, attraction with women and men that don't speak your language you don't know them and you just you just feel like you think you could date them sad story man sad story illegal immigrant convicted of decapitating his girlfriend found not guilty due to mental illness here we go here we go an illegal immigrant from cuba was convicted of murder earlier this year for decapitating his girlfriend in 2021 has been found not guilty due to mental illness. The reversal for Alex Alexis Sutterbrot, 42, was found who was found guilty of first degree impeditated murder in May came Monday when a judge made the ruling about his mental competency. Judge Caroline Lennon's ruling cited psychologists who determined the immigrant's mental illness prevented him from understanding his actions were morally wrong. Sorbit decapitated his 55-year-old girlfriend, American Malfada Tyler, with a machete in Minneapolis in July of 2021. Several people witnessed the gruesome broad daylight attack. One of the bystanders saw him pull Tyler's body out of the car and then picked her head by picked up her head by her hair. Sarabos reportedly went ballistic after Thayer told him she wanted to end their tumultuous 12-year relationship, and his indictment revealed that he allegedly told a friend, I'm going to chop her head off with laughs, with a laugh days before the slaying. Sarbert waived his right to jury, and his attorney has long claimed he suffered from mental illness throughout the process. However, Lennon determined in May that he had made a deliberate action when he attacked her. Sarbert used both an eight-pound dumbbell and a machete during the assault. His decision to put down the dumbbell and use a machete is evidence of a deliberate and mental thought process, she wrote. After her initial ruling in which Sarberti potentially faced life in prison, his defense team filed a motion on July 12th to argue that he should be should be he should be found not guilty because of his mental illness. All right. Wow. The order discussed his hospitalizations in 2013 for bizarre delusions, as well as a traumatic brain injury from a 2017 car crash, after which he began to have hallucinations, according to Fox 9. He also was hospitalized in May 2020 because he believed there was a camera in his bed, in his head, 
following the crash. He also was diagnosed with several mental illnesses, including psychosis and delusions, Fox 9 reported. Sarabrota's team argued since no one disputed the court-ordered psychologist's opinion, his guilty verdict should be revoked. Lennon argued but ordered Sarabrota to stay in Scott County Jail until he can be transferred to another facility. The ruling did not sit well well with Dyler's son, Charles Dyler. It is tough to understand how somebody can commit cold-blooded murder, plan to do it, tell everyone they're going to do it, have a motive to do it, and then somehow be considered insane. He told the court his, in his victim statement that his mother suffered years of abuse at the hands of Sorbet. He believed the immigrant should rot in prison. <sighs> Sad. Sad. If you can't see a, a reason why illegal immigrants is bad to have in this country, here's... <laughs> Sorry, here's the example. I just don't know what world or society we're living in anymore. I just want this to be over with for myself and for my family. While he read his impact statement, Dyer held a large poster board size of his mother, photo of his mother, which he claimed Sarbert showed no emotion toward it. He wouldn't look at it. He didn't make eye contact at all. He is obviously very ashamed of what he did. He killed the only person in the world that cared about this guy. Charles told Fox 9. Sorbet is suspected to appear in court again on Tuesday. This is what I'm talking about, man. This is what I'm talking about. And she was a single mom. 12-year relationship. by choice some of these women are picking these bad men these men that don't mean them any good at all and choosing these men is only going to cause pain not joy all right that's all i got for now um See you guys in the next one. I'm on Spotify. Watch my content there. And you can check me out on Rumble. Anything you want to know about this channel, the information is in the description box. Like, share, comment, and subscribe. Later.